0: Hi, this is Lawrence with the Internet TV Podcast. We're going to be talking today about the best practice in delivering value to your OTT subscribers. Today, our guests are Scott O'Neill and Evelina Grinds from MPP Global. Scott O'Neill is the VP of Strategic Sales for North America, MPP Global. Scott is responsible for leading a cross vertical organization by assisting media and entertainment companies with identity management, CRM, and e commerce solutions. He is a strategic and media technology professional with over 10 years of U.S. and U.K. client services and leadership experience. Evelina Grinds is the Vice President of Media and Entertainment for MPP Global. Evelina is responsible for assisting media brands across North America with identity management, CRM, and e-commerce solutions. She is a strategic and media technology professional with a focus on evolving TV, sports, and OTT sectors. Wow, what an amazing background you guys have. Basically, you're the gurus of the OTT world, so... Welcome to our Internet TV Plus podcast show. How are you guys doing today? Very good. Thank you, Lawrence, and yourself? Very good. Thank you. Uh, Scott, we met at the NAB show and you dazzled me with your experience and how you guys are helping companies in North America and global with the OTT system. So we've got a bunch of questions. Are we ready to get started? Absolutely. Okay. So let's start off with, what do you see as a contributing factor to the value proposition for OTT subscribers?
1: Well, for me, you know, content is always king. And without having content at the forefront of your OTT platform, you know, you're not going to get many subscribers. But assuming you have great content, the next thing is to really, you know, look to make the experience as exciting, as enticing to the users and as seamless as possible. Being able to personalize the content and recommend different genres of content based on the user's browsing behavior, based on their behavior on the site and the type of content that they're most interested in, you know, is really a very key aspect. It's also very important to, you know, promote timely and relevant offers to the users to encourage them down the conversion funnel to convert the casual grazer into the paid subscriber or even your retail rental model. I also think that, um, you know, the other thing is the subscribers really have only so much tolerance for OTT subscription services. We're really getting to, you know, potentially a saturation point in the market. You know, any consumer is not going to want to have, you know, 10 or 15 different subscriptions to OTT services. So the idea of having a walled garden OTT service such as Netflix, I think, is probably going to wane a little in the coming years or year or so. Because really, consumers are going to want to try before they buy. They're going to want to see what content. They're going to want to experience the platform and what it gives them.
2: Building on what Scott said, being able to be as personal to the users is critical in building that value. If a user feels like they're getting something that's tailored to them, uh, not only the content that they're looking for, but perhaps a payment model or subscription type that really matches their needs. It's going to increase the value that they see in what you're putting forth and increase the likelihood of them subscribing and ultimately staying on the platform. And also, as Scott said, it begs for service operators to really look at at different types of models. You know, it is a subscription, a monthly subscription or an annual subscription, which are the, the two most common. Are those really appropriate for every service or should we look to get a little bit more creative?
0: So that leads to a great response, which leads us into our next question, which is why is the OTT value proposition so important?
2: Well, Quite frankly, the one word answer is competition. So with new OTT services popping up, you know, on a weekly basis, it seems you really need to differentiate yourself, not only with your content, but in how you attract those customers and retain those customers, because if for whatever reason, a customer isn't pleased with what you're putting forth, they typically have a whole host of other areas that they can go to, to get similar or even the same content and then have a more favorable experience. So you need to remain competitive. Otherwise you'll sink.
1: It kind of also comes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, understanding your audience, collecting and understanding the behavioral intelligence on your audience, how they're interacting with your service, you know, and making, you know, intelligent decisions based on the data that you've collected. You know, sort of, what I'm really talking about here is sort of real time, you know, intelligent decisions on the fly as the user is browsing the content, have the ability to direct them and point them down certain paths
0: so that they really see the value in the service for them. So, Scott, you mentioned about the subscribers or the systems reaching saturation regarding to the value proposition. Are you starting to see some churn or you see some changes in how the subscribers are using these apps? Well, I mean, churn is,
1: you know, a fact of life with any subscription service, you know, minimizing subscriber churn is key and it's a key element of what we do here at MPP Global for, for our clients. And indeed, you know, ensuring those users stay on the platform. And again, it comes back to building these deep subscriber relationships. So you understand your customers, you can segment them, you can recommend products to them, you can give them pricing points that are right for them and going to encourage them to stay on the platform. I think that's really very key to maintaining, you know, a stable subscriber base.
0: So what strategies can be used to maximize the OTT value proposition?
2: So I'll come back to this. You know, Scott said it before, but it's worth saying again, really understanding your audience and building a relationship with them. It seems so simple, but it's something that so many companies don't necessarily take the time to do or don't have the tools to do. It's not necessarily understanding who your existing customers are, but even taking it a step further and understanding who the anonymous users are that may be browsing your content, that may be visiting your site, that haven't chosen to make that decision, I'd say that knowing who those users are is as important or more important than the ones who do choose to make the decision to subscribe to your service. So being able to have that behavioral intelligence and knowing who that market is, really, and then being able to take that information and change that decision to convert more of those anonymous users into subscribers is key. It's also about having
1: the flexibility to sense and respond and adapt to your customers you know not every person who happens across your ott service you know is going to see value in the all you can eat subscription if that's what you offer there is the option to promote different products and services such as non recurring day passes weekend passes passes to particular genres of content and what this has the net gain of doing is it enables users to try out the service, to try out the content, and then you know once you've got them in purchasing in some way, you know you can then try and migrate them onto the full subscription, which is ultimately what every OTT company wants. They want you know full subscribers on a monthly basis, you know predictable recurring revenue. But in order to get there, you may have to use some tactical measures to you know at least get your audience paying for content because there's different segments of the audience. And uh, not all of those segments, you know, the all-you-can-eat subscription is going to be right for.
0: So along those lines, is one of the things that MPP Global does, does it do viewer behavior analysis? Is that one of the things you do? Part of the eSuite platform, you know, we have the
1: capability to identify anonymous users and track their behavior across the site how they're interacting with the site, what types of content they're looking at, how much content they're watching, how many minutes or hours or all that. And then using that data, um, you know, we have automated rules-based decisioning that can direct users down different paths, surface different products to them,
0: and that type of thing. What importance is placed on analyzing the outcomes of the strategies that have been put in place?
2: Sure. So optimizing, analyzing, refining is critical in the OTT space. It's the difference for you between guessing what will work for your customers and guessing what will generate the most revenue and actually being confident that you struck the right balance between what's right for you and your audience. Testing this and having concrete results to indicate which offers are performing best, which price point is converting most users and so forth really gives you the confidence to continue with your solution. It also allows you to innovate and continue testing new options. You know, this is a very fluid market and, you know, what was in an OTT last year is not going to be the same next year. So being able to adapt to that and understand what's going to resonate with your users will put you ahead of your competition. Very often we find a gap between what you think your customers want and what they actually want. And analysis and reporting is really the best way to bridge that gap.
0: Okay, can you describe some of the tools that you guys offer at
1: MPP Global? Certainly. So, I mean, on the upfront, we have something called the Intelligence and Decisioning Application. And the Intelligence and Decisioning Application effectively collects a huge amount of data on your users, on how they're interacting with the service. This data is then visualized in sort of dashboards and able you to see in real time sort of how Customers are coming in. What are the points within the platform are of most interest to certain groups? We allow you to then to be able to segment those users based on the segments of your user groups. You know, you can treat them slightly differently. You know, this is all done in real time. Once you understand what those segments are, you can set up, automated rules that do different things based on those particular segments each user has an identity um, a token if you like so you understand who they are and then based on that token we can augment the site and do different things and send them down different paths based on their past behavior we then also have you know tools to analyze the type of content historically users have been watching um, so that we can look at engagement levels we have things like predictive churn algorithms that that, you know, use these engagement levels along with you know, lots of other different data points to effectively give all of the users a churn score. And based on this churn score, you know the likelihood of that user to churn in the next period. We're pretty accurate at this. You know, We have over 90% precision in identifying users who are going to churn in the next period and you know, predicting the likelihood of them churning. And this gives our clients, you know, a window into the future and an opportunity to re-engage with these
0: users before they actually churn. So what solutions are typically required to be in place to deliver maximum value?
2: So it's important to have facilities in place to be able to collect the behavioral data, as we've discussed. We have to be able to analyze that data, segment those users and manage that subscription lifecycle. So building on what Scott said, you know, we work with customers to um, acquire more subscribers, we manage the customer subscription relationship and the billing relationship that they have with their users, and then finally manage um, their retention campaigns and so forth to keep those subscribers on the platform. I feel all those components are really critical in having a successful OTT service. We look at it in terms of minimizing payment breakage as being a really critical point. It's helpful not only to the service providers who want to keep as much revenue coming through on a monthly basis, but it's really important for the customer to see the value in your platform too. Imagine if you try to log into your subscription account one day and you aren't able to access the content. As far as you're concerned, you're a happy subscriber. There's just been a glitch in your payment for whatever reason. For us to be able to minimize that for the end user uh, adds a lot of value for them as well.
1: Just to, I can't sort of emphasize enough how having really strong churn management capability you know pays dividends by way of an example for one of our clients they were seeing a churn ratio of sort of in the region of sort of 8 9% churn on the platform through working with us sort of over a 12-month period, we managed to take that um, churn from 8 9% to under 1%. Over that same period, that saved them or recovered for them $3.5 million in revenue
0: that would have otherwise been lost. That's pretty amazing. So once customers have subscribed to a service, what can OTT providers do to retain those customers?
2: As we mentioned, top-notch content is of course the most important piece here, but assuming that's in place, providers really need to be proactive and look beyond acquisition and at the churn piece of the puzzle. We look at churn from three different directions at MVP Global, voluntary churn, so users who are actively choosing to leave your platform, involuntary churn, which is commonly known as payment breakage, and then uh, future churn or predictive churn, as Scott mentioned previously. Being able to make recommendations for personalized packages, or suggest complimentary purchases, either guide people to new relevant content releases and so forth, also helps to drive up the value that customers see in a service.
0: So what is the biggest contributor subscriber churn and how can it be minimized? Well, I mean, the biggest single
1: contributor is really payment breakage. The payment breakage is when for whatever reason, we are not able to get a subscription renewal off a user. And there are many tactics that need to be employed to prevent payment breakage. What we look to do is we look to optimize the retry sequences so that for any given user, we find sort of the best 20-minute window to retry that particular card for that user. And this uses a range of machine learning algorithms in order to find this using, you know, well, more than a couple of dozen different data points.
0: So what can typically be achieved with regard to churn reduction?
1: As I mentioned before, you know, we see, and maybe I overshot a bit quickly there. Really, we see in the region of around about 60 to 70% churn reduction. You know, it can be as high as 80 or 90 as I mentioned earlier. And it really is a very, very valuable for our clients because it's money that they should be receiving, but they otherwise would have lost. And, you know, it can be in the millions of dollars that we have saved for our clients. So how can you minimize friction in the acquisition process? So minimizing friction in the acquisition process really comes down to user experience and making sure that your subscription management platform is seamlessly integrated into your OTT service and provides your users with both a very easy checkout flow, a very easy ability to re in and to get access to the service. And this includes accessing across, you know, devices and providing single sign-on to all devices. Because as a user, if I'm a subscriber, I want to very easily be able to access my content on all devices. It also means providing, you know, user self-care facilities so I can very easily manage my accounts. These are all sort of features that we provide as part of the eSuite platform. And you know, we enable our clients to stand up these services, you know, relatively quickly, having done all of the hard work for them.
0: So what subscription products and offers tend to work the best in the marketplace?
2: So subscriptions are popular for obvious reasons. Recurring revenue is the gold that most operators are aspiring for. That being said, I think it's worth considering that a monthly or annual subscription, uh, the most common two, aren't always the best solution. Some of our customers historically have experimented with shorter subscriptions, day passes, week passes, or in the world of sports, maybe season passes, rather than trying to get a full-year commitment up front. Why this has been great is is it reduces the barrier to entry for those customers. Making a one-day commitment is certainly a lot easier than making a monthly commitment, but it also generates higher margins for the the service provider. Let's say I can charge $7.99 for a a one-day pass to uh, an elite sports event, or um, $19 for a monthly subscription. I'm not a great mathematician, but certainly a couple day passes would far exceed the monthly revenue. So it's a win-win for both ends of the spectrum. Going back to what we've said about testing and uh, having that flexibility, it really allows you to play around with various plans and price points to see what works best for you. You can route some of your traffic to see only day and week passes and other traffic to a monthly subscription, and ultimately look back at the data to see what's performing better and, uh, Some of our customers have even eliminated the longer subscriptions in favor of those short ones as an overall strategy. With regard to offers across our clients, we see success with a number of different types of campaigns. There's important decisions to be made around even something as simple as free offers. Are the free offers obligation free or not? And this is with regard to free trials. So no obligation free offer doesn't require payment details up front, which, of course, you can imagine more people would subscribe at that stage, but wouldn't necessarily stay on once that free period has elapsed. This could still be very worthwhile for an operator to undertake because just the data you're able to gain in that short trial period is worth quite a bit. Uh, Now you have contact information and uh, viewer behavior data on those users, even if they haven't stayed along. And then you have the opportunity to re-engage with them and, and try to persuade them to come back resubscribe, purchase a different product, maybe purchase just a a portion of the overall platform. As Scott mentioned earlier, uh, maybe just the sports pack or just the movies pass at that point.
0: So what else is required as part of the OTT value chain?
1: You know, First and foremost, it's very important to have a robust and reliable video delivery platform and player. The use of being able to watch the content is paramount. If you don't have that, then really everything else falls away anyhow. But it's also important to have the ability to, you know, really granularly understand the data. We work with a couple of really good sort of DMP platforms, people like CSense and and the like, that enable our clients to get that deeper level of understanding of the data and deeper mining of it so that the sense and respond, you know, becomes even more effective. If you're using advertising as part of the overall solution, as some OTT services do, you know, that it's important to have relevant advertising, really, to make sure that your advertising is also in tune with your viewers. Because you know, as a user, you know, the worst thing you want to see is an unrelevant advert interrupting you know, a program that you're engrossed in watching. So one of the most important
0: considerations when selecting OTT solutions...
2: I think it's important to ensure that the solution you select ultimately delivers at every point of the value chain and gives you the tools to respond to your audience. Flexibility has come up several times in our conversation, but I can't stress how important that is. Uh, It's important to be able to keep what works and amend what doesn't, especially given the changing nature of the OTT markets.
0: We're going to put some links up on the session page If people wanted to get more information about OTT optimization uh, and how MPP might be able to help them, where would they go? What would you have for them?
1: Well, they can go to our website, which is mppglobal.com, or they could contact myself or Evelina directly. Our email addresses are Evelina.grind at mppglobal.com and scott.oneal at
0: mppglobal.com. Well, thank you both for being guests today. I look forward to seeing what MPP Global does in the future and having you back with some other people from MPP to update us on new things that you guys are doing.
2: Fantastic. Thanks so much for having us on.
0: Yeah, thanks very much, Lauren. It's been a pleasure talking to you.